Welcome to the New Mana Podcast, an Arch KCK production. Welcome back to New Mana, your newest favorite Catholic podcast on the Holy Eucharist. My name is Lee McMahon, your host, and I serve as consultant for evangelization at the Archdiocese of Kansas City in Kansas. But don't be fooled. If you've got a pulse, this podcast is for you. If you are hungry for more, if you're fed up with the empty promises of the world, Jesus has more for you. We have been called to communion in Christ. We have been given the mission of bringing revival to the church. So our title, New Manna, comes from John 6:58. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Come on, Jesus is alive. He is the new manna. He is the bread of life, and he gives himself totally to us in the Holy Eucharist. So today, really excited about our episode, but first I just want to say thanks to everybody out there who's left a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You're helping us get the word out that Jesus is alive, that he is about a good work, and that he is indeed truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the most Holy Eucharist. So thanks for all those who have done that. If you haven't, guess what? You can do it still. Just don't do it while you're driving. So today I am joined by the one and only Mr. Phil and Miss Hope Banowitz. Hello. Hey, what's going on, Lee? Hey. <laughs> yeah, so we have a father-daughter combo today, which is, I think it's a first. So congratulations you know, to you we're guys. We're trying to be original, bud. I mean, here we are. This is it. <laughs> yeah. For everybody who does not know who you are, kind of give us a little like lowdown on who you are, what's your season of life. Sure, Lee. Um, so... My wife, Lisa, and I have been married 30 years. We're up in Atchison, Kansas, but we're on the transition uh, down to the Kansas City area. I am currently the president of Mar Hill Mount Academy, which is the uh, Catholic Benedictine school up in Atchison, the little brother of Benedictine College. Bene- uh, and Benedictine College is also in Atchison. It, it, as far Same as we city. know, yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, people are listening to this from like Israel, so that's pretty cool. This is an international deal. Yeah, awesome. matter of fact, uh, the president of Benedictine College, Steve Minnis, always likes to say that we're the smallest town in America that has Catholic education from preschool through graduate college. Come on. Yeah. Come so, on, Jesus. That's awesome. And we're right there in the middle of it, uh, the high school part. Yeah. So, And I've been there. I've been the president there for about the last f- almost 14 years. Awesome. Uh, before that, I was at Benedictine College, and then my background before that is I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of Life Team. You're kind of a living legend, and I don't say that to toot your horn, but you're kind of a big deal. Just saying. Uh, like, like, excuse me, Life Teen International, okay? Life Teen, the youth ministry movement that is all over the world today. So just thank you for your obedience to the Lord's prompting to, to start that, to get it going, to head it up. And yeah, you're just a heroic man, so thanks for, thanks for that. Thanks, bro. What's it feel like to be his daughter? Um, a lot of people will know my name and I don't know who they are Cool. <laughs> um, pretty much in any state I go to. Sure. Um, but also it's been such a blessing to get to go to life teen things since yeah. I was very little because that's been a huge part of my faith as well. Like yeah. without that, I don't know where I'd be today. Yeah. Probably in a lot more shallow place. Right. But you're yeah. not just Phil's daughter. You're Hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she's Hope. <laughs> so she's. Hope, who are, who is Hope? Anyways. Um, I'm a girl who likes to smile and laugh a lot. I like to make the most of like every little moment if I can. Um, I love meeting people, very outgoing. I get a lot of energy from being with others. Same. Um, so this retreat was really good <laughs> that yeah. we just had. Um, I'm a senior in high school, have been looking at colleges for the past few months, started applying and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely praying through that discernment right now. And that's a tough um, decision to make, yeah. definitely. For sure. Yeah. What are your options right now? 
Um, right now, my top uh, four are mostly in Kansas, and then there's one from Arkansas. So it's Benedictine College, K-State, Wichita State, and then University of Arkansas. Cool. So, yeah. Nice. The only piece of advice that I would give is go wherever you feel the most peace mm-hmm. in the discernment process. Just follow the peace, and you'll be okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'll definitely be staying open to that and seeing the peace or the lack of peace yep. that I'm like receiving when I go visit the different places. Yeah. So. Oh, you're about to make uh, your campus visits and stuff? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Going to have to plan those around the busy schedule. That yeah. I and I think you'll see hopes involved in so many things at school. Uh, yeah. God's, you know, it's neat. God, she's one of five. Uh, we have five kids and she's number four of five. And uh, God has blessed her with many gifts. Mm. And what's great is she tends to use those in different ways, whether yeah. it be in athletics or leadership or education, you know, I mean, uh, whatever it happens to be faith-wise. Yeah. Um, and she just, uh, she kind of uses a lot of those gifts, I think, for the good of the yeah. kingdom, which is cool. You know, she's Come only on. a teenager. You know? Yeah. You're you're on fire and that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Trying. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, uh, well, I'll say this. Take me back to the beginning. Like, what well, what's your story of falling in love with Jesus like? Well, for me, brother, I was uh, a senior in high school. I was about a month or two away from graduating from from high school in Hebron into college. I was a baseball player. Had some different offers. Where to were you go raised? Play college baseball in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, Phoenix. Okay. So raised in Phoenix, Arizona. My dad played baseball at Arizona State. Got drafted by the Giants. Decides I'm going to be a teacher and coach. He does that, but. He has, uh, he and my mom have four boys and I'm the oldest yeah. of them. And so we were all raised, let's play baseball. Right. Um, so we did, we all went through and played college ball and, uh, you know, and God bless that, but, uh, God had a bigger plan for me. Yeah. And so, uh, I, uh, what happened was God got a hold of me right before I graduated. Mm. Um, some guys that I used to follow and, uh, well, we used to not do such great things. All of a sudden they came yeah. alive in faith and I had always, as a Catholic, go to Mass yeah. every Sunday, but, you know, I wouldn't, I, I didn't engage. I didn't really get it, right? right? Um, but I always prayed on my own, and uh, but I wouldn't say my faith was vibrant at all. Yeah. And what happened was I saw these guys start to change. Yeah. And as they started to change, I'm like, what is going on? They're like, you got to come to church. You got to come to this Mass with us. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And so I did, finally. Mm. And I was blown away. And, and. Matter of fact, I encountered a real living God yeah. for one of the first times in my life in Mass. Um, I, I didn't know Mass that there could be this sense of vibrancy and life, and that God was real, and yeah. it hit me, and and that started changing my life. I mean, as I turned eighteen years old, I was like, Lord, okay, I, I'm going to give you my life. I don't know Let's what that do means. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I don't know where it's going to make me head or what where I'm heading or whatever, but. I'll give you my life, Jesus. And mm. I've done that every day since. And he's put me on quite quite a journey. Come on. Yeah. So yeah. you you made the call. You said, all right, Jesus, I'm in. You're 18 years old. What happened? So I started playing college baseball. Uh, and where was this? Uh, well, initially, what I ended up doing, so I had some different offers, but yeah. I chose, uh, I there was a priest that said, hey, I would like you to help me with the youth group mm. uh, at this one church. And I, I was like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. And as I said yes to that, it meant instead of going to uh, maybe a four-year school, I went to junior college in Arizona for mm-hmm. two years, uh, and started, you know, being a youth coordinator. I didn't even yeah. know what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. Um, but I knew I, I that I had fallen in love with Jesus. That I was make I made changes in my life, and I wanted to follow Him. Um, and so what happened was, as this priest became a pastor at another parish, uh, 
Yeah. He asked if I'd be the youth minister out there. So, you know, at the time I was playing college ball, we, uh, we started this youth program, Life Teen, as yeah. everybody knows it now. Um, and it blew up yeah. and started growing. But I went off and played Division One ball. I went to California this time. So mm. I was at St. Mary's of California. Okay. Um, and as I was doing that, I finished my junior year. And after playing, I don't know, how many games do you play in college? 60 or so? 60, so 70. Lots of games in the summertime you're playing. California, I mean, you did. like, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we would play year round. You, know, you could play year round yeah. in Arizona and California. So um, after that junior year, during that year, I just really felt a strong calling to the Lord. Like, I, I need to, this ministry is yeah. more important, I think, than baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and so the next thing I know, I'm like, I, I'm not going to go back and play baseball. Yeah, I, I think I need to go back to Arizona and yeah. just be a youth minister. Right. So just try to be a youth minister in one parish and, uh, you know, trying to reach out to kids, lead them to the Lord and, and continue to walk in my own journey. Yeah. And in the process of that life team blew up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, became, you know, I mean, not like you said, it's a worldwide organization. Yeah, I, I saw a stat and I don't know where or how recent it was, but what was it like across the United States, like half of all vocations, like have some type, some tie, like a priest, uh, a sister, whatever, like have a tie to life teen. So vocations are coming out of this, this movement. It's not just Jesus loves you. Let's eat some pizza. It's so much deeper and uh, community driven than than that. So yeah, it's been really cool. So what we noticed even from the early years was yeah. that you saw young people as they got as they were caught on fire for the Lord. Yeah. Um, and it threw through the ministry life team. Yeah. You know, it's not the only thing out there, but heck, we were just diving in and. You know, life teen, the center of life teen is the Eucharist. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if people Eucharist know Eucharist and Mary, right? Those are the yeah, two yeah. Things. It's just, it was like here, you know, Jesus is the center of the church, right? That We have the yeah. mass, the source and summit. Yeah. And and so as we did that with a youth program to say, oh, we're going to make the mass the, the most important thing yeah. in the youth ministry, um, you know, that started changing things. And then, yeah. you know, you know, you're calling on Blessed Mother to say, hey. Game over. Our Lady, please help. Yep. Um, so what happened? So, so life teen just kept growing. Um, and we saw vocations and stuff coming out of it. Yeah. Uh, not just vocations to the priesthood and religious life, but right. we would see people choosing that were incredible musicians chose to go into mm. music in the church, you know, cause Tom Booth yeah. was one of the, was a musician that started life team with me and Tom, um, an amazing musician, but you know, here comes this young kid growing up through it that started helping us out right as he graduated yeah. from high school named Matt Marr. And yeah. you know, now Matt's everywhere. Yep. Um, you know, and people like that continue to answer the call. And then these other young people that decide, hey, uh, for my life, I, I want to be a youth minister or I yeah. want to work in the church. Yeah. And so we started seeing all of this happen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now you see the fruits of that. And, you know, and bishops yeah. have jumped on it. They, they're like, wait a second. You mean Life Teen's only in 10% of the ca of the parishes in America, but yeah. yet 50% of vocations are connected somehow? Yeah. yeah, it's they realize there's something there. And yeah. I think... Because, you know, no offense, none of us at Start a Life Teen are that wise to know. We were just trying to do a good job yeah, in one parish. Yeah, we being faithful. Yeah. But, but God had a bigger plan. Yeah. And when all of a sudden you have a youth ministry and the center of it is the Eucharist, yeah. you know, the Lord's been working. There's nothing more powerful than a teenager who loves Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm confident in that. Amen. I, I really believe that. Yeah. Like, watch out, world, because they're going to tear it up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm kind of a fruit of that as well. Not that I went through Life Dean in high school or anything, but um, I, I got into church work because of a Life Dean program. Hmm. And I was uh, helping out, just like volunteering with, with a, a youth ministry program in Leewood, Kansas. And before you know it, there was an opening across state line. And the, the leader of this was like, Haley, I don't know what you're doing for the rest of your life, but like, you're really good at this and you should apply because you would get it. So I did and I got it. Was making barely over like the poverty wage. Hey man, welcome to ministry, Dude, right? <laughs> I know, like, I'm like, I'm not doing this for the big bucks. I'm doing this for the heaven bucks, right? Because I want kids to know. I want, I, you're, you're what, 18? Seven, I'll be 18 in September. Right, so it's like, you're not a child, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I want teens to experience this. I want everybody to experience this. So I was in. I was in. So thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Personally. Thank Isn't you. it great how good God is? Yeah. You know, he, he does. He'll take some of us fools and, yep. and despite our, our limitations, he uses us. Right. Yep. So what yep. a gift. Yeah. What an absolute gift. Yeah, for sure. Hope, what's your story of falling in love with the Lord? <laughs> I could talk for a very long time on yeah. this. Um, there've definitely been many different seasons. Um, but I'm going to start with the one that really kind of caused things to escalate sure. in like the most beautiful way possible. So, um, of course I was able to go to life teen things growing up. Yeah. Like we'd go to Cove Crest when my dad was hosting. So us kids got to go. Um, and that was always so much fun just getting yeah. to see teenagers, people that like, I know as a little kid, you look up to teenagers, you're like, Oh my gosh, they're so grown up. Yeah. I want to be like them. They're so cool. And so to see teenagers being authentic and pursuing something so good was definitely something that stuck with me. And then by the time I was in eighth grade, one of my teachers told me, she pulled me aside um, one day and she was like, Hope, it shocks me that you're different around different people. Mm. And that really hit me. Yeah. I honestly like walked away and was kind of getting choked up because yeah. I mean, it's definitely real. hit a deep spot and being an insecure middle schooler, that was really hard to hear. Yeah. And then COVID hit. And so I had a lot of time on my hands and I was at home all day and I would see my dad and my mom and my older sister, Madeline, They'd pray every single morning and I'd mm. see them. They'd go away, they'd go outside or just in a chair and they'd sit in silence with their Bible or just sitting with their eyes closed praying. They'd have their little coffee with them. And so then I was like, maybe I should try that because I also wanted to break open what, like if I really was different around different yeah. people. And so I did start doing that. I started praying daily and I started reading my Bible that I got for confirmation. Yeah. And it was the Blessed is She Bible that you can like write on the sides cool. in and yeah. like journal with. And so I started doing that and it's really funny because I still have that. And so I'll look back on those journals and it's good because you can tell that I so badly was like wanting something deeper, yeah. but my level of depth was so shallow. Mm -hmm. And so seeing the change of that has really helped me to see how much I've grown. Yeah. Um, just as like I've let the spirit come into my life. Yeah. And so from then on, I started praying more and then really as soon as I started praying more, I started getting tested a lot. Yeah. Um, I developed an eating disorder that I've struggled with for three and a half years now. Um, and it was really hard, especially when I saw that my sister started to develop one too, because mm. I took a lot of guilt from that. Cause I know she like, sure. she told me she looks up to me and then that was the example I gave her. And so that was really difficult to deal with. And it has been very difficult, especially yeah. this past year. Cause I thought I was getting to a deep place in my faith. Mm. Um, and people have told me over the years, like, hope you're one of the reasons that I've like 
taken time to get to know Jesus more, the reason I want to come into the church, things like that, and which are really beautiful. And God, like, assuring me that, like, joy is very powerful regardless of what life you're in, regardless of how broken you feel. And so a lot of shame and guilt have been a part of my life for several years now, most of high school, really. Um, And then this past year was the most difficult year I've ever had in my life because my younger sister had to go away um, to a recovery center for her eating disorder because hers got so bad. Um, And I was still struggling with mine. It's just I've been riding borderline for so long. Mm. Um, And so I went from being the fourth of five children to being an only child pretty much. Yeah. And so that was a very drastic change. And my parents would go away on the weekends a lot of times to go visit her. So I'd be home alone. Um, And I really started to isolate myself. And at that point, that's when I realized like Jesus is all that I have right now. Mm. It feels like he's my only friend. Um, And just over the years as I've made my relationship with him, like realizing that it's personal and it's truly a friendship. It's not some far off guy that just says he loves me. And like hangs on a cross that'll like go to see you at mass on Sundays or during right. the week. Um, but he's right here within me. And so, yeah. yeah and over retreat this past week, um, anytime um, that we were asked to like close our eyes and envision Jesus, like being in the throne room with him, um, he was never in a throne. He was always sitting in the same position that I was right across from me. Mm. So if I was sitting on the floor, he was on the floor. And then we had time as like student leaders to um, pray in the chapel. Yeah. And I was like kind of in like fetal position, um, like sobbing, (laughs) just begging for a new fire. And then like I saw the throne room again and he was doing the same thing, but right across from me holding my hands. Mm. Um, Yeah, he's just been reassuring me that it's all in the testing that he's coming close to me and that without suffering, there is no holiness. Mm. And I have some friends actually from Life Teen, like Life Teen has brought me the the greatest friendships I could ever ask for. Mm. Um, so many that I'm still in touch with from every camp conference thing I go to, I meet people. Um, and I have their like numbers or Snapchats or Instagrams, anything like that, um, to stay in contact, which is beautiful. That's special. Yeah. Um, and so they like will come in and out of my life, but a lot of them, there are a few of them that have like really stuck with me and like, we're, we've like seen each other or like we're planning to meet up and things like that. So Mm. that's really beautiful. But I think the, one of the most profound experiences I've had in a very long time with the Eucharist was um, this past summer at LTLC. It was the night we had XLT. And and, and uh, LTLC, for all those who don't know, is Life Teen Leadership Conference, yes. which actually takes place at Benedictine College. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in Atchison. So. Yeah, high school yeah. kids come from around the country or even around the world a lot of times yeah. to, yeah, for a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so it was XLT, and I was sitting there... Um, praying and there's just so much turmoil inside sure i was just really uneasy and then as soon as jesus began to be processed around it was just like this super loud voice like in my head and like on my heart that said i'm coming for you i'm not resting until i have you you're not Mm. too far gone i have not abandoned you even though it feels like it um and then i just started sobbing and then he made it over to me and i just like I don't know. They were tears of healing, though. Mm. There was no controlling them. They were just yeah. happening. Um, and then after that, yeah, I definitely felt at peace. And then this retreat that we just had, we had an all-school retreat. Um, and after our time, we had, like, praying as the leadership team. Um, I was just really in a place of, like, lowliness, it yeah. felt like. And then 
I was just begging God for a new fire because I haven't felt that in years. Yeah. Um, I've had little glimpses of it, but never truly a fire. And then very shortly after, he just filled me up and I had the most energy and like most profound joy that I've ever experienced. Wow. Um, I thought it was like the first time in days that I felt that much energy. And then I realized it was truly just a joy and a confidence that I haven't yeah. known before. Um, and so then I was able to minister on a whole new level, like Come on. running around, getting people to dance with me. Like <laughs> even if they looked like they were just like sitting there quiet, like kind of clapping or just being quiet. Um, yeah. yeah. And then just, I kept laughing and I like couldn't stop and I just wanted to jump and dance. So yeah. yeah. You familiar with the the song Fresh Fresh Fire? Um, mm, I haven't heard that before. It's I think it's by Maverick City Music, but mm. uh, it's a banger. And uh, <laughs> I'll have to great look it up. stuff. Yeah, yeah. the Refiner too, like by oh, Stephanie yeah. Gretzinger. Yes. I don't know who yeah. actually wrote it first, but I I know the, her version because yeah. she's awesome. But mm. like, man, gold is purified over mm. hot hot fire in a furnace, and I just see you shining. <laughs> yeah I, it's awesome to see the joy just like beaming from you and um yeah it doesn't mean it's always easy mm-hmm. or fun yeah. gosh jesus is not promised we're gonna feel great all the time <laughs> no, he doesn't. you know he, he he promises the cross and it's the, the only way around the cross is to go through it mm-hmm. yeah um, isn't it true and yeah. if we're gonna follow him we're gonna get across yeah yeah and you know one of the things i've learned in my life is you don't get to choose that cross yeah <laughs> it's just given to you it's a little rude, Jesus, but... <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's neat as I hear Hope talking, you know, she's talking about these different experiences, like, you know, XLT, people don't know that, but let's, it's, that's adoration. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, praising God and then adoration uh, that's done with young people. Uh, and then some of those other encounters that Hope has had, it's, you know, it's whether it be in mass, adoration and... Um, and, and I hope I love you. You don't talk about this a lot, but I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, uh, so hope, you know, she's a 17 year old girl. And I think when she was 16, she did this, but, um, I know as you went through that very difficult part in this last year, um, even when you've had hard times, I know that the Lord and you know that the Lord continued to be with you and you made a commitment to do something though, that I can't believe you as a teenager did, um, Tell us what that was <laughs> before I do. Um, so our parish reopened their perpetual adoration mm. chapel. Um, and they're asking for people to fill up the spots. And I know that my parents have had one together for as long as I can remember. And I've been meaning to spend more time with the Eucharist and more time in silence because silence used to be very uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. I just get lost in thought um, and or I just turn on music sure. and put in my headphones. And it could be praise and worship music, but still it wasn't entirely it's silence. Not the same, yeah. Yeah. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sign up. I'm going to find a time that will fit with my schedule, even as things get crazy. So I signed up for an hour um, at 6 a.m. on Mondays. Come on. So <laughs> been doing that for the past like year and a half now. Wow. Actually, I think, no, this is like exactly a year, about wow. right around this time. So yeah, so that's been, that taught me a lot about time with Jesus and encounters with him. Yeah. Um, and truly seeing him just as... Um, just a loving father and friend. And yeah, so that's greatly helped me throughout this year. Yeah. Regardless of the emotions I have going into it, I'm always just brought to great peace when I step into that chapel. Yeah. 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 The Lord is the Lord of peace, right? Mm -hmm. And gosh, just emotions come and go. They're like the the tides of the ocean Mm -hmm. and we can't necessarily control them or ask for them or whatever. And yeah, just being faithful to the truth of who he is 
and resting in his presence and letting everything else kind of just fall by the wayside. There's so much peace there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's your, I mean, that kind of touches on a little bit of like what your lived relationship with Jesus looks like today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil, what about you? What, what does that look like today, your lived relationship with the Lord? So I learned, uh, you know, when you start to get in ministry in the church, it is easy for you to get swept away mm-hmm. or out of order if you do not keep the Lord first at yeah. primary, right? And so I learned from, uh, you know, just after a few years in ministry that I need to keep my life in proper order. And so especially once I got married, we had kids. So I always learned to do the same thing every day. Um, so I start off my day when I, uh, you know, you get up, you put on, I put on my crucifix mm-hmm. and I say, Jesus, more than anything else in my life, I'm a Catholic Christian. Help me to live that out and follow you, Lord. And then I, I twist my wedding ring because it doesn't come off. I don't take it off. Me, mine's stuck. It's it's not coming off. So. <laughs> I just twist it and I say, and Lord, next, I'm a husband. Help me to be the yeah. husband I'm supposed to be to Lisa. And then I'm also a father. Help me to be the best dad I can be. Um, and then I, I would put on my watch and say, okay, and then I'll... I'll Help me get to the president this of a school or whatever. There you go. <laughs> whatever it Help is. Help me get to this meeting on time. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so I've been doing that for a long time. Um, I've also like, I, I've learned that, uh, that routine is an absolute blessing. Yeah. And so I have, uh, since I was playing ball in college, I would, uh, uh, back in the days when you used tape players, <laughs> cassettes. Yeah. Sorry, man. So I had a cassette player go. and there I'd turn go. on Christian music, like, in instrumental music and in background, and I'd get up an extra 20 minutes early and pray a rosary cool. uh, to start off my day, and then I would get rolling in the day. And then as I was in college, too, I learned that, wow, there's a mass going on at yeah. the church. I was at St. Mary's. It was a Catholic college, uh, and I would go to daily mass, um, and, and that started me going. Yeah. And, and then as time went on, I would learn more things, like the liturgy of the hours. So I'd start praying the liturgy of the hours at yeah. times. and. And so now, you know, there's the church gives us the Lord has given us so many ways to build that relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, so many ways to pray. And so, you know, there are there are seasons in my life where there's one type of prayer that I'm really doing a lot more than others. But yeah. I can tell you, you know, I mean, I'm an extrovert, man, and, and I get filled by being with people. Right. True story. But I have learned as time's gone on that I need solitude. Yeah, I need silence. The first time I went on a silent retreat, uh, it was like a six day or eight day silent retreat and went on that and it blew me away. Yeah. I did not want to come out of the silence. Me who can't be quiet. Yep. Um, and I just learned since that in my life, like that has to be a part of my day yeah. every day. So, so generally my day, you know, I'm starting out, I'm waking up, I'm grabbing coffee as hope sees. And then, you know, we go to our different places in the house and, yeah. and each of us, we have our, you know, Lisa and I have our own prayer time. Yep. Uh, separately. But then I've also learned that um, I'm a weak man. And uh, there are things that are going to come each day that might be really tough. And uh, I have learned if I go and receive Jesus, if I go to mass every day, uh, as much as I can, sometimes you can't do it, but I try to go every day. And what happens is just receiving him into me physically I know that's given me some kind of strength and grace and joy to deal with the different things that come up each day. Mm. Some days are easy, but man, there's a lot of tough days. And I, I know looking back, yeah. like, holy cow, thank you, Lord, that I went to mass today and that you gave me grace because yeah. I don't know how I just got through that. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, so mass is always a part of it. And then I've just kind of learned, that's what we've done at the school is we just kind of bring the faith in. It is just infused into yeah. the school day. So we'll, we'll stop three times a day and pray as a school. Yeah. Um, we'll have mass available every day. We have, uh, you know, at school, it's great. Our chapel at Mar Hill Mount Academy, you know, those monks in the sixties, when that was built, they put the chapel at the exact center of the school. Yeah. So Jesus physically is in the center of the school. Yeah. And so we walk around and, and anyone can pop in the chapel anytime. Um, and so for me, the opportunity throughout the day, just to thank God for a moment or, you know, to recognize where he's present, to stop in the chapel, maybe for a second, uh, you know, those kind of things yeah. always help me. And uh, as Hope said, you know, my wife and I have had a holy hour Thursday nights, 9 p.m. for years. And yeah. boy, does that, uh, no matter what kind of week I have had, um, that Thursday night time, it's like, it's a rock. thank you for refreshing me, Lord. Mm. I received you. And now here I'm just going to s- just bask in your presence. Yep. And, and it's a cool thing. Uh, yeah. And it's so needed. Um just as I get older, I'm realizing, you know, I, I need the Lord so much. Mm. Um, and, I, I, you know, and Satan doesn't like that. True. <laughs> He's going to come after us. Yeah. So, you know, we got to cling to him. And, and so that's what I try to do. And then, you know, I, the rest of my prayer life, what does it look like? Um, you know, little things throughout the day. Sure. You know, what divine appointments does God have? Yep. And then, And then finally, at the end of the day, you know, you try to like, like St. Ignatius asked us, do a little examination of conscience. How was yeah. my day? And then my wife and I, 30 years now, we just make it a thing. We go to bed. We always finish our day by praying together and then nice. then go to sleep. Yep. Amen. Yeah. So that that's that's my little prayer. That's my little daily journey. That's great. Yeah. Some that's are great. different than others. but Yeah. Divine appointment is such a good term. Uh, being interruptible is um, the unsung virtue of our, our age today. Yeah. Because having a, having a steady regimen of this is what I do is good for everybody saying that you're going to commit to something and saying that you're going to be faithful and true to something it frees you people nowadays think it's the opposite and it's like no no when you say yes to something you're saying no to everything else (laughs) and that is so freeing to know that that is reserved just for you isn't it isn't it great so the joy of the Christian faith of like we need to surrender. Like yeah. my whole thing is like, I got to surrender to the Lord every day. And people, you know, that's that freaks out, especially teenagers. Like, Oh no, surrender. You mean give up right. your life. You won't have a life, you know, what's going to happen. And I have learned by just surrendering each day, hmm. boy, is there freedom. Yeah. So much freedom. Yeah. And, th- and that, that helps. Yeah. Maybe just something to, if, if, if that's like, if that sounds abrasive to you, another way to maybe reframe it is um, making a gift of your entire self every day Hmm. Uh, surrendering like the lord honors our the the fact that we have a life and that it's our own um he had a part to play in creating it and it's sustained by his very thinking of us but it's ours it's our life that we get to do with which you know that which we will and what will you give of your life like what to what will you give your life today is kind of the question it's like lord i don't know what i'm going to give my life to today but i'm going to put it in your hands because I trust you and you are trustworthy and you keep your promises and you know a lot more than I. And, uh, yep. So that's all I got, Jesus. Uh, let's do this. And you, you know, I just think that has so much power. Yeah. I remember that this story, I'm not going to give the story right now, but, uh, this Bishop has told this story about this, this man that, uh, is just following the Lord. And he keeps repeating the words, Lord, 
I don't understand, but you have a plan mm. and I trust in you. Yeah. And when we're in the midst of life, we can't see what that plan is. The Lord's yeah. got it all set out, but we just need to keep trusting him. And even yeah. though it looks like, oh no, are you going into the onslaught? The yeah. truth is the Lord's going to take that yeah. and take care of things. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's kind of the way of the Christian to be farsighted, to, to only be able to see close up. Um, we're so focused on the short term that, uh, yeah, keeping things in perspective can be difficult and, uh, no doubt about that. Hope, would you have any advice for somebody who is, uh, in similar state of life as you, you know, in their teens, young adult, doesn't matter. Like you clearly have plenty to do and yet you made another hour for the Lord during the week. Like what, what, what advice would you share? Like what counsel would you give to anybody who's like, Oh, I, that sounds great, but I don't want to do that. Yeah, um, I think, oh, I gotta think about this. Um, I think find a way to be consistent because the Lord can do a lot with that. Like we can give him a little bit and he'll do so much with it because also when you start spending a little bit of time with him, then you just start hungry for more. Yeah. Like mine started with probably 10 to 15 minutes a day with my Bible and then it turned into now I can't go a day without talking to him. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think start even in like the smallest ways and don't forget to listen. Yeah. Um, definitely reading the Bible so that you can understand how to hear his voice. Yeah. Because without having the Bible, you won't know what his voice sounds like. True story. Um, so start with that and then you can start getting to a point where you, I mean, for me, I journal a lot and I'll write like letters to God and then I'll write from his perspective. And Mm. like, that's the clearest way I ever hear his voice. Yeah. Um, and then now he's been able to speak very clearly to me without my journal. Um, so I think it's all a process, but consistency is huge. Yeah. And just to take the leap of faith to do it and have somebody who can hold you accountable, at yeah. least one person, and then be mindful of who you're spending your time with. Yeah. And if they're like bringing you higher or if they're pulling you down. Yeah. Are they filling you with life or are they taking it? Yep. Yeah. My dad always says there's life suckers and life givers. And so <laughs> I try true. to be a life giver uh, and be around funny. them. So. Yeah. Wow. That's a great word. Okay. Well, when it comes to Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, what advice would you give to anybody who uh, is kind of just on the fence? Because so many of our brothers and sisters out there, because Catholics, non-Catholics are listening to this all over the world. Um, what advice would you give to those who might be on the fence with this reality that Jesus is truly present in the Holy Eucharist? So I really want... There's something of wisdom of young people even, and I think hope has been given a gift of wisdom, so I want to hear what she's going to say. But um, I first would just start off by saying, in my journey, when I came to the point to, to that I know, that I know, that I know that Jesus Christ is present in the Eucharist, it was when uh, when I first started learning about the whole teaching of the church on transubstantiation. Mm to understand, because I would look at it and go, well, that's bread and that's wine. Oh yeah, he says it's his body and blood. Yeah, I think that happened. But how can I understand that more? And that teaching on transubstantiation really opened my eyes. You know, is it a change? You know, are you looking for an accidental change, which is a change on the surface? So the look of it changes? Like, you know, wood can look like a chair. It can look like a table. Right. It can take on different accidental forms, yeah. but at its substance, it's still wood. Mm-hmm. And for me, that opened me up to go, ah, 
it's the change in substance that happens in the Eucharist with those words of consecration. Mm. It's like, it is the Lord, and yeah. He's the Lord, and He can do whatever the heck He wants, and He showed that He did, and He did it, and He still does it every day. Yeah. And and just that, along with understanding the timelessness of God. Yep. You know, God cannot be contained. When He says, when He refers to Himself as I am who am, that is all present tense, people. Yep. Right? So... Man, the God who always is, there is no time. Of course, it's the same Jesus at the Last Supper as at every Mass that we go to. Yeah. God can do that. Yeah. Which is why you go to heaven and there's no time, right? right. It's like, wow, I cannot wait to be in heaven. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would encourage people, look at that. For me, that was a changing thing for me. I mean, Jesus, it's a great point that you bring up, just the difference between the accidents and the substance of a matter. We're just using Aristotelian language here, Aristotle, <laughs> whatever. Um, but you, th- you look at the Gospels and you're like, okay, if Jesus wanted to change the accidents of bread and wine, he, sure. could, do, he could do it. And he has at times. That's why you see these yeah. Eucharistic miracles. Right. Yeah. And he, he does bestow those special graces from time to time still throughout the world. Um, to, to convict hearts, right? And I was just thinking about, okay, what are some examples of Jesus actually doing this in the Bible? Uh, well, the the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. It was withered. It was not there or it was crumpled up. And the accidents of his hand changed. It remained his hand, but the accidents, what it looked like, changed. Uh, peace be still, the storm gone. Um, the lepers, how many lepers did he cleanse? Like the leprosy on their body, gone. And by the way, like people think that, okay, lepers, they just look like normal people, but have like these spots on them. No, lepers sometimes have like amputated limbs yeah, and fingers limbs, and hands, yeah. you know, feet, legs, gone. And when he cleansed them, these just happened. Like total restoration of the whole person. Jesus is not afraid or it's not like he doesn't know how to change the accidents of something. He knows how to do that very well. Mm-hmm. And I just love that differentiation again of like, okay, at the Last Supper, he didn't change the accidents. Could he have? No question. But he chose to just transform the substance, transubstantiate that bread. Come on. And isn't that so great for us that as we follow the Lord, we need to be transformed in our hearts. Yeah. It's not the physical stuff outside. How do I look when I'm at mass? Mm. How do I look when I'm praying or whatever? No, no, that's not what God asked for. He's asking for the change, the transformation in the heart yep. is what he wants. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he looks on the heart. The Lord looks on the heart. Amen. Get yourself some second Samuel, folks. Come on. <laughs> so, okay, the wisdom of the youth from Hope. <laughs> Hope, what would you offer? Um, the thing that just kept coming to me... Um, while you're talking, actually, as I was listening, but I think also being a female, I have like 50 things going on in my head at once. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. She said it. She said it. So we can, we can use that now. So. <laughs> um, yeah. So what kept coming to me was to just look into his face, hmm. um, just stare at him and gaze at him. Um, and then if you ever have the opportunity to go to an adoration where Jesus is processed around, please go. Yeah. Um, those have been like some of the most beautiful encounters with Jesus that I've had. And then um, also to ask questions. I think a lot of times, I think when you don't know something in the faith, it can almost seem like somebody's condemning you for not knowing mm. or just calling you naive because you're a teenager. But in reality, 
like nobody actually knows God in fullness because we're all on earth and there's a big barrier right now. Um, as close as we can get, there still is a part of it that we won't know until heaven. Yeah. Um, and so ask questions and seek out answers, but not just any answer, like the truth um, and yeah. wrestle with it. Don't give up yeah. when it seems like it's too big of a question. Um, and take advantage of the fact that we can just look up the like miracles that are happening right now. Because mm. I have so many people, like I have friends um, that have went gone to World Youth Day and there was a girl that was cured of her blindness wow. at the mass. Um, and then there have like been Eucharistic miracles and everything. And I mean, yeah. you can find that stuff by a few taps. And so maybe instead of going to open Snapchat next time, you'll look up those miracles that have been happening that aren't as well known. Um, and reading word. about the saints and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think too that God is big enough for our questions, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm still Catholic uh, when I w- because I was able to ask questions to a priest or someone in the church. Yep. Like, hey, why does the church believe this? Or I yeah. don't agree with this. Why does the church believe that? And you learn that God's big enough and the church is big enough to say, go ahead and ask questions. Come at us. It's okay. Like, we have an answer. And, yeah. and for me, what was really good is, you know, initially you start asking questions and you want to posture and go, well, I've... I can figure this out. I'm really smart. But the best thing for me was just to realize I'm not that smart, but there are a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me that have led the church for generations. And wow, they've looked into stuff really deeply and been able to explain it so much better. And, and for me, that's what I learned. The church is big enough for us to ask questions Amen. and you can get those answers. And if you humbly receive, oh my gosh, there's freedom with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. The St. Teresa of Avila, I believe it's her, she says, we pay God a compliment when we ask big things of him. Mm-hmm. So if we ask God to reveal a big truth to us or what we think is a big, daunting, whatever, like we're actually paying him a compliment. It's almost, it's almost, think about it, and think about the opposite. When we only ask small things of God, we're kind of like, I mean, the opposite. If we're not paying him a compliment, what are we doing? Like we're, we're throwing shade at God thinking that he can only operate within the parameters of what I think is a reasonable request. Like mm. where did that come from? I don't remember Jesus saying that you should only ask for, you know, he said, ask, seek, knock only for small things, right? No, he does not say that in Matthew seven. He says, ask, seek, knock, like, and you shall receive. Come on, mm. you will find, come on. And the door will be open for you. Ask big, receive big. That's how God works. God gives in big double portions. Like that's just the way of the Lord. And then also I came across a really, really cool resource the other day. Um, You as an educator, this is super cool. Um, It's called Magisterium AI. So it's basically chat GPT, but fed exclusively with over 900 church documents. Ooh, that's so cool. I have not heard of it. It's insane and it's free. So go to, I think it's just magisterium.com or something like that. Magisterium AI, look it up. You can ask a question like, okay, what is the Catholic Church's teaching on transubstantiation? And it'll give you a full, you, you, it'll say, hey, write a 5,000 word essay on the Catholic Church's teaching on transubstantiation. And it'll do it. And it'll footnote it for you. Every reference 
is right there for you to <laughs> click on and go and read yourself as a primary source. Come on. Yeah. So as an educator now, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> no wonder why those kids are writing such great papers on yeah. transubstantiation for yeah. our religion class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. That, actually, that's great. That, that could be really helpful for people, though, yeah. just to understand yeah. and to have that at your fingertips. Isn't yeah. It? As much as I might say things about technology, about like, oh, no, it's hampering us. There yeah. are good things like that. Right. That are so and good. I just love it. It's a, it's a direct source. It's like it's being fed just by these these documents and not like by people who just wrote something for fun, like as a column or yeah. because they have a blog or whatever. Like this is the magisterium of the Catholic Church. And it's right there. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And it's so great. You know, Lee, um, I love just as I look at my life, how God has led me. Yeah. You know, I've read I've never really sought out a job. Um, I was playing ball in college. Someone says, do you want to help with this youth program? Yeah. Sure. Okay. And then it goes further. And then life teen, I go from being a youth minister, like it grows to a point where like, I can't be a youth minister in a parish. I need to be an executive on a national yeah. and then international level. So I do that. And then, you know, then I learn as I'm listening to God, my wife and I like, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? And, yeah. Yeah. you know, having a good life in Phoenix, Arizona, raising our kids. And all of a sudden the Lord makes it pretty clear. It's okay to move. It's mm. okay to, to let go of life teen. You mm. know, it was God's ministry. It's how we started. It was yeah. God's ministry. So I need to get out of the way. Um, and then in doing that, God in his infinite wisdom puts us in Atchison, Kansas. I, wow. Who would have thought that? Yeah. You know, and then going from Benedictine College to, to Mar Hill Mount Academy, I did not yeah. think I'd work with high school youth again. And there here I was are. for that many years. And now, you know, my next little step here, heading to Bishop Miege here. You know, whenever we get a new president at, yeah. at, at Marshall Mount Academy, then That's I'll in, head over. Is that proper mission, Kansas? Or is that like Kansas City, Kansas? Uh, it, it's uh, Roland Park. Roland Park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Used to be right down the street from where my wife and I no. first moved. In yeah, that's Park. a new area for me, but I'm yeah. I'm excited. You know, there's it's cozy. so many good people. It's old and, and it's cozy. Yeah. 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 A lot of good people at that school, too. So, I mean, I'm right. looking, you know, I'm going to come and I'm just who I am. So. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm yeah. a president. I'm a youth minister in president's clothing. Yeah, no, that's so. cool. I, I I just love the crucifix on the football field there. Yeah, because it's like thirty. I think it's even. It's probably like fifty feet high. It's, it's so tall. Wow, yeah. such a great evangelization tool. Anyway, uh, I just want to say thanks. Honestly, thanks for taking the time to to chat today. Hope I'm blown away. <laughs> I'm blown away, and. She's an anointed young woman. She yeah. really is. I don't yeah. like you don't. I mean, she has so many gifts. Like I talk about, like she can sing like crazy. We're mm. not gonna make her sing right now, right. but you know, I mean, when our son, who's a professional musician, is sure. out playing in places, he'll like, I have a special guest, and have hope come up, and she just knocks it out of the park. Right. And I don't know. Yeah. God gives diff different people different gifts. Yeah. I didn't get that gift. Well, no, like I just want to honor you for your responsiveness, like. Like I could care less how many gifts you have because like that's God's doing. That's yeah. his doing. It's up to him. It's, it's him. not up to us. Um, but like just the way in which you've been faithful, like a good steward of those. Um, yeah, I just see life and joy radiating from you. So thank you for being a city on a hill in your spheres of influence. It's really encouraging to see. So keep on keeping on. And Phil, you. You, you're the man. Just thanks for thanks for your big yes, your little yes is all the above. Like you're um, a great man of God after the Lord's own heart. And I just, um, yeah, super honored to, to know you. Thanks so much, Lee. You know, it's uh, it's been neat for us. You know, I know we've been here in the Kansas City area now for 17 years. And, uh, you know, as much as I'm a born and raised Arizona guy, um, the the Catholic Church in the Kansas City area, yeah. you know, with Archbishop now and everyone is uh, is such a such a blessing. Yeah, such a blessing. We're so we feel so uh, 
just we know we are filled with grace that we get to be a part of it. It's yeah. a gift. Yeah. Well, dear listener, thanks again for tuning in today. I hope that this episode has blessed you. If it has, please share it with somebody that you love and care about. Spread the word. Also, just again, thanks for everybody who's left a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You're helping us get the word out. You're helping us arrive higher up in searches for things about Jesus and the faith. So thanks for making that possible. Thanks so much for listening. This has been New Mana. We'll see you next week.